Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Major NFL trade alert. The Los Angeles Rams acquire linebacker Vaughn Miller from the Denver Broncos. Whoa. Obviously, the Broncos are waving the white flag on the season. The Rams are one of, I think, it's three teams that are 7-1. and one. Oh, How about that, D-line? How about that defense, period? Stop that pressing! This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, it absolutely is. It's hour two, rocking and rolling into... Uh, a very special episode. This is like a BC episode, Moose. It's episode 604. That's their area. That's coming. the lower mainland. Yes. And we're broadcasting from the bunker, which is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. We've had a rollicking good time today. We've had uh, a lot of hockey talk. We had with us Mike Benton from the Seattle Kraken Radio Network last hour. Coming up later on this hour, Scott Laughlin from Sirius XM and NHL Radio. Um, we, I will remind you, we do still talk more CFL than anybody else on the air in this time slot in Canada. Boom. And I've got some more stuff there. We could get serious here or we could devolve off into the stories, which is what everybody tells me they like the most. And you probably have a few stories like this. And some other things that I want to do this hour is preview the Leafs and Golden Knights tonight in Toronto. My team versus his team. And the bet is lunch at Ballers tomorrow with an NHL scout, which, frankly, he asked us to go. He should be paying. But because he's in the NHL, we got to pay for him. That's just the way it goes. Does that make sense? No. No. Uh, From a couple of the uh, viewers, by the way, Uh, Kent Ridley's watching in Nashville, Tennessee, Smashville. He says, can't wait for episode 615. Is that the area code of Nashville? It is. He says, should be all Titans and Predators. Get Chris Mason on for that one, boys. He's the color commentator for the Predators, former Red Deer Rebels goaltender. Make a note, Clark, and I know you will. Leighton Janice, watching in BC, says, I'm hearing this morning, uh, quoting Alan Walsh, the agent for Marc-Andre Fleury, quoting Alan Walsh, he says, I'm hearing this morning that several NHL owners are very concerned and unhappy with Gary Bettman's leadership. Alan Walsh should just shut his mouth. And for anybody that's listening to that, consider the source. Okay. Where was your client in the Stanley Cup playoffs game three last year against Montreal in the conference final? Another wound opened. Too soon? (laughs) Maybe. We, I don't know if you were listening to this, um, about the Florida Panthers ticket package that went on sale today. Were you watching last hour when I read this? No. Florida Panthers announced this morning that the Feldman's value pack is now on sale for all home games at FLA Live Arena. They just announced it this morning. Darren, you can get four tickets and for each ticket, a hot dog, popcorn, and soda. My dream meal. Four of them and four tickets for $249 lower bowl. What? 
Yeah, lower bowl, 249 for four tickets, four hot dogs, four popcorn, four drinks. And for $149, same package but upper level. Take the family, four, see, four tickets. Get on it. Right. So people were right of all kinds of – one thing that we realized here on the show is that people love talking about ticket prices. And, of course, they do. Right? Yeah. Leighton in BC says, tough to get tickets in Vancouver for under $50. Patrolman Pete out in Winnipeg says, there's no need to buy from Ticketmaster anymore. I'm so old school. I still buy from Ticketmaster. I'm such a loser, I know. Regarding uh, yesterday's International Goalie Day, Jay Wilson on Twitter's watching says, what, no pictures of you here, Rod? You were a legend in college. Right. Just ask me and my teammates. Anyways, one more here. I got a story to tell. Norway calling. Trent's watching. He says, I have three predictions today. Houston to win game six of the World Series tonight. I agree with Darren. The Titans are not as strong with Adrian Peterson signing in the NFL. And the Raptors' Canadian draft pick seems to fit in. Stay well, everyone. That's not a prediction, Trent. That's an observation. Just one prediction, two observations. (laughs) Right. You think you're going to get me? Anyways... I was driving home from Notre Dame last Tuesday night listening to the Seattle Kraken broadcast against Montreal. And he was hosting the postgame show from the Coors Light Lounge and Climate Pledge Arena. And I'm like, sounds empty. And Mike came on here last hour and said, oh, it was. (laughs) It's like pregame, wild, postgame, empty. Uh, But it reminded me of all those on-location broadcasts that I've done over the years. And by the way, why I'd never want to go back to them. And you must have had a few yourself. Mm -hmm. But the one that immediately came to mind was the Ryderville party in Arizona. I hosted those for several years where we would gain, gather all Ryder Nation, Ryder fans down there, snowbirds. And we would gather in a bar across the street from the rink where the Coyotes play. We got it up to 2,000 people, okay? Then we'd all go to the Coyotes game. And I just remember the the first or second year, we were in a bar called... um, the Wild Rose, I believe, is what it was called. It was insane, okay? Like, I had Chris Getzlaff with me of the famous Getzlaff family. There was a lot of Ryder alumni there. And there was a stack of beer cases I put as a fort around my broadcast location because it was insane. Ryder fans, drunk, not a good combination. And they were knocking over, the th- trying to get at Getzlaff. And I'm yelling at the rider staff. They're over on the other side of the bar. Having drinks, not paying attention. Can somebody give me a hand here? They knocked. These drunk rider fans knocked all my gear over. And I'm like, never doing this again. Of course, next year I was right back there. But then I remember, like, at uh, doing my show. <laughs> Great Cup here in Ryderville. Absolute three, like, Stage five gong show of in the middle of the afternoon, everybody's pissed. Or Pat's games. I'd be doing my radio talk show from the concourse before the game and then run upstairs and do the game on television. And you had seen that. Mm-hmm. There's people like right up at the table. And it's not just wanting to talk. Uh, where's the bathroom? Uh, where's the subway? Uh, and I'm like, so 
there would be staff there from the radio station every time saying, you need one of those barricades, one of those nylon ropes that goes across. Yeah, so get one. Never would. Next time, same thing. Oh, you could really use a rope here, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so get one. Sorry. Let me just, uh, listeners, let me just put you on hold. And I'm going to go get a nylon rope from the store, and I'll be back in, like, 25 minutes. Well, fortunately, you look after these things, like the pirate ship in Edmonton. If people had tried to get on the pirate ship at West Ed, they'd have been tasered. Uh, where else have we done shows? Montreal. Where were we? Where were, oh, we were on the penthouse of the hotel. We needed a we key were card to get up there. Right. Uh, Winnipeg, they barely let us into the facility because of COVID controls, let alone everybody else. So, yeah, crowd control. Um, Jeff Kozak, one of our viewers, says, uh, I would come and say hi and leave. Well, that's, that's cool, but not everybody's like you. The worst was in Arizona, though, where they knocked this stuff right over. And my trying to do a damn radio show, nobody cares. <sighs> but it was a free trip to Arizona. What are you bitching about? John Ohm in Winnipeg says, Ryderville, best part and party at Grey Cups. What do we know about Grey Cup this year? Not a lot. Not a lot. We're told it's going to be, you know, very scaled down, um, if anything at all, in terms of festival. And I think that's largely due to, you know, the way things have gone with COVID We've already seen Hamilton be awarded the Great Cup two years from now. So that all signs point to it being very scaled back. I don't know if there is going to be parties or not, if teams are going to you know, have parties at Great Cup. I've I don't heard, think so. I've heard the Hall of Fame inductions been postponed. That was going to be a big deal. Yeah. So this is up to the CFL to announce themselves, not us. But... That's what's going on there. Ah, Chris Bird in King City, Ontario says, apparently the Spirit of Edmonton event will be a thing this year. So that's, yeah, I guess search out your local football team and find out what they're saying about their Great Cup plans. We're going to swing this around to CFL talk. I think we can do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, The Hamilton Tiger Cats can do themselves in the Montreal Alouettes. A huge favor Saturday afternoon. Hamilton can clinch an East Division playoff spot with a tie or win at home against BC. A Lions loss would also assure Montreal of a postseason berth. It's 11-11-11. Was that me? How about that? Opportunity portal is opening. Are you going to walk through it? Does that pertain to CFL playoff teams and scenarios 11-11? I told them to clip that. I didn't think they actually would. Can you play that again? Ah. <laughs> That's outstanding. Um, I got a reading last night from the numerology people. The dates of my birthday add up to 11. Yeah. I should have taped it for you. Like 7, 2, 1. Two. Add them all up. Oh, my gosh. Adds up to 11. I know, right? Yeah. Let me say it again. 
the Hamilton Tiger Cats can do themselves and the Alouettes a huge favor this weekend. And this came out this morning, playoff scenarios for the Canadian Football League. Hamilton, who is 6-5, can clinch an East Division playoff spot with a tie or win at home against the 4-7 and seven BC Lions. A Lions loss would also assure Montreal of a playoff spot. That scenario would help Montreal, who visits Winnipeg on Saturday night. The Alouettes would also clinch a playoff spot with a win. Though the Bombers, who have already cemented top spot in the West Division, are a stellar 6-0 this year. A Hamilton win would also eliminate the possibility of a team crossing over to the West. So, while this is a very exciting time of year in the Canadian Football League, right? The weather's turned. Snow's going to start flying. We're in the stretch run. The playoff implication scenarios always gave me a headache because I'm just not good at math. And I knew this in my 20 years with the Rough Riders. As long as we kept winning, we'll be fine. Don't worry about what's going on in that game over there. Don't worry about what's going on in that game over here. We just got to keep winning. That's a fact. When the points got involved, that became a thing, right? In the, yeah. in the for and against? Yeah. Oh, maybe we should go for the touchdown here rather than kick a field goal because we're going to need it. Winnipeg, Toronto, and Saskatchewan have all clinched playoff berths. And now, now they, like I'm, can you see how confused I'm getting here? Yeah. This story, neither the Argonauts nor Rough Riders can cement home playoff games with victories. The only team to have been eliminated from postseason contention is Ottawa, who hosts Toronto on Saturday afternoon. So I, what I'm getting here is that if Hamilton wins at home against BC, and by the way, that game's Friday, I think, and this says it's Saturday. Unless I got the wrong, re, uh, wrong week. That Hamilton needs to win, and it seems to me like there will be world peace if Hamilton wins okay. this week. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you have, what do you think about everything that I'm saying here? Sounds about right. I mean, it's a different, it's a weird year for the CFL. It just is. I mean, we're not going to have a crossover. At least it doesn't look like it. Okay. There will be no crossover. Here's the thing. I'm paying an exorbitant fee for this subscription to the Canadian press. And they said the game's on Saturday. And it just completely blew my mind. It's on Friday, okay? And they said it's in the afternoon. I'm like, why would we be playing an afternoon game on a Friday? They're not. It's, sad. it's Friday night in Hamilton. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's hard to get good help these days. Janice V watching on YouTube says, the Elks are not already eliminated? Hard to believe. They must be eliminated after Friday's game. That's the other thing, though. I was listening to that Elks game. Where was I Friday night? Oh, coming home from the jaw. Mm. And I was listening to the radio broadcast. Good friends of mine, Morley and Dave, Edmonton Elks. They're like five solid minutes on the radio. They try to figure out if the Elks still had a chance to make the playoffs or not. So don't come at me. The guys in the league don't even know. And that's, that's not... It's always it's like, not like anything. Yeah, it's always like that. Everybody's like that. Is it just the CFL? No, no, no. Feels like it. It's, but. No, it's every league. And the playoff seedings, the info, it's not always posted. It's not always posted um, anywhere that's easy to find. But every league goes through this. What's the, you know, the math 
to make the playoffs. If we win, if we win by this much, if we don't, if it's a three-way tie, what happens? Because I beat you and you beat him and he beat me. Yes. I don't know what how I'm going to sort this out. Yeah, that's the point. But that's, again, why the coaches get paid the big bucks. Well, and I'm trying for them to, to figure this out. Go through this with the Canada West because it's the final week of the regular seasons coming up. And if the Rams win, UBC loses. Now we're going to end up in that three-way scenario where one beat two and two beat three, but three beat one, like all around the horn. And now you got to go to points, four points against head to head. It's confusing. JR is watching in Toronto on Game Plus Television. Writes us on the text line and says, "Great show today, Rod." While we are talking CFL playoffs, are you a fan of the crossover? Let's get into that. When we come back, we'll preview tonight's NHL games, and we'll get into viewer takeover early. And by the way, Scott Laughlin joins us a little later on from Sirius XM NHL Radio. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube, and Facebook, live streaming. And don't you know we got 24-hour streaming sports talk at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Welcome back, everybody. It is uh, the RP Show. I'm going to be generous and turn it over now to viewer takeover let's get into it that's what's so much fun with what we do uh but i do want to say this let's do some breaking news this is our last week that we'll be broadcasting on facebook live last week if you want to watch streaming because you don't have game plus on your cable package you're gonna have to go to youtube this is the last week the time changes on sunday we'll be moving to 11 a.m SAS time here on the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, and it'll be Facebook, no more. YouTube for streaming. Also, it's NFL trade deadline day. The first of the day trade, and there's been none since. The Pittsburgh Steelers have traded veteran outside linebacker Melvin Ingram to the Kansas City Chiefs for a sixth-round pick in the 2022 draft. The 32-year-old Ingram had one sack and 10 tackles in six games with Pittsburgh. And it's interesting to sit and watch the shift of the sports landscape in this country as we sit here in 2021 coming out of the pandemic. I obviously don't feel that we're in a pandemic or sorry, I don't believe we're out of the pandemic. I just forgot where I was living for a second because I'm going to be going back to the state soon where you don't ever hear about the pandemic anymore. And God knows I don't mean to start a holy war on that. But I put a poll up on Sunday afternoon, and maybe it was the time of the poll, Darren, I don't know, on Twitter. I said, the Dallas Cowboys will win by how many points tonight? Right. And it was the most voted on poll all week. And when we put up the CFL polls, there's not as much reaction. And that's, I'm seeing a lot more talk now about is the CFL entertaining, is it not? And most are saying no. And is it because of uh, the year off? And people are saying, probably but it's week 14 now. Like, how long do they need to get going? And just from me calling a... I can find a one nothing hockey game as exciting as hell. I can. Soccer? No. That's different. There's more action. 
I can find a 12-7 football game exciting. So I'm not a good one to ask about whether the games are exciting or not. I can tell you the scoring's down. We know that. The stats tell us that. And there aren't as many big plays. But how much has the pandemic taken the stuffing out of the CFL, given the fact that they didn't play last year? The point being, it just seems to me that the NFL has just (laughs) rocketed past them. And the TV ratings would tell you that they have. Yeah, that's right. You know, and the CFL's taken more time to get moving, to get going a little bit. I do think that... The CFL is going to take a major jump forward when we get to the playoffs. I, I do. I feel like it. I feel like as a nation, our collective interest will grow. I do. Um, I think the Grey Cup will be interesting to see how it's presented. Um, but it has. It, it's you're taking the stuffing out. That's a good way to put it. It's, it's just lost a little bit of its luster. But there's a ton of potential there if it can be done the right way and these games get exciting. And I think it'll come in the playoffs, I do. But you're right with the NFL. It's just the amount of great games in prime time and the product's good and the marketing's been great. And unfortunately, when you've got budgets like that and you can spend like that and you've got enough people that are putting in the work that they are, it's hard not to, uh, it's hard to compete. And they're having a little bit of trouble right now. Well, they can use our help talking about it. I can tell you this, that the playoffs in the Canadian Football League, the ratings are always high. The games are generally very good. Didn't it seem like every year they're saving their acts? Like Lloyd Christmas and Harry totally redeeming themselves in the playoffs because the games are great. Ratings are high. Stands are full. But let's remember those conference final weekends, our games are December, what, 5th? So that should be interesting. December 5th in Winnipeg. But it is what it is. I know. I think they would, frankly, if you weren't buying tickets, I think they'd just be real happy if you were watching on television. You know? Yeah. Uh, by the way, everybody has a thought on us dumping Facebook. We're moving away from Mark Zuckerberg. Ryan H. watching on YouTube says, Facebook Live viewers, join us on YouTube. It's a great way to watch the show. Um, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, how is the CFL not entertaining? All six games so far in McMahon have come down to the last minute. You have your opinion. We have ours. K. K. Randolph in Ontario. Like Johnny Cash said in a song, I don't like it, but I guess things happen that way. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Mandy. And Edmonton says, where do I direct my request for IT support from the RP crew to get YouTube on TV with commenting enabled? I know that it's not me. I got it. What is it? it. You just double device it, right? I mean, the one thing I like about watching on the platforms is the ability to comment. But one thing I don't like is I'm trying to watch the show and the comments slide in on the side of my screen and I don't want them on my screen. Well... If you're watching on your TV, commenting on your phone, life is great. Just don't log in, right? Don't log into a YouTube, to an account on YouTube. Just watch it, stream it, and then comment on, you, on your phone. Perfect. From Layton in BC. Come on down to YouTube. We got the smoke. Ryan in Saratoga, New York. Says, looking forward to the Facebook viewers joining us, YouTubers. 
There's refreshments in the corner. This is like... Make uh, yourselves comfortable. This is like WWF, WCW, or like the NWO. Like trying to get everybody to come on down. Join the dark side. Tacona Powley in Winnipeg says, uh, the CFL has never competed with the NFL. You want to take that one before my head explodes or... Pass. Yeah, we're passing. The comment's too stupid to respond to. Chris in King City, Ontario says, uh, the problem is that the RP show is blocked by my employer on YouTube. Going to have to watch with my phone. Who's got us blocked on you? Do we need to send Johnny Athens down there? (laughs) Take care of some people? You know what I mean? That's what I got him for. I got a guy for these things. I just love that we got a guy. (laughs) Uh, Someone wrote in here and says they're waiting for the forecast for December 5th. Here, yeah. Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg. I'm still waiting on the forecast for December 5th before I buy my tickets. Check the Farmer's Almanac. What are they saying for the first week of December in Winnipeg? I always say the people that make these decisions, the suits, are the ones that are in the luxury suites eating shrimp cocktail and don't have to actually go sit out there. Oh, yeah. Playoffs in December are a hell of an idea, especially if it means I get to keep my job. (laughs) Um, We're not today going to do deal or no deal. But we will tomorrow. And that is predicting the scores from this weekend and the the, uh, betting lines. But here is your week 14 game schedule in the Canadian Football League. The BC Lions are at Hamilton Friday night, the first of a doubleheader. And as we say, Hamilton clinches if they're in. Sask at Edmonton Friday night. And that's a big one for the Elks because if they lose it, they will have gone winless all year. First time in the history of Edmonton pro football that that's a thing. And then a Saturday doubleheader, it's the Battle of Ontario. Where's Rod Black for that one? Hello, Canada. I know. If there was a huge farewell for Rod Black from the CFL and TSN, I missed it. Toronto at Ottawa, first game Saturday, and then later on that night, it's Montreal at Winnipeg. The gentleman, JR in Toronto, asked what I think about the uh, crossover. I'm a fan of the crossover for a simple reason. So the best teams get in. End of story. Boom. You don't want a team that should be in the playoffs in one division because of their records better than the weak ling in the other division. I'm a fan of the crossover. It's not going to happen this year. It's it's, It's in there for a reason. That's the one thing that really ticks me off. The forefathers of all these leagues... Put in these rules, the Memorial Cup format, Stanley Cup playoff, and I'm talking about the tournament, of course, CFL crossover, just the leagues that I follow, and baseball too, and I got a question here on baseball, which we'll get to in a second. Those guys aren't dumb. Mm -hmm. Why do we got to go changing everything all the time? It ticks me off. I know. Fiddling with it. I know, and you know, a lot of people just want to go one to nine, boom, right to the... 
and it could be all west and no east. No, you like to have that east-west representation, but this assures that the best teams get in. And I know sometimes you'll end up with a west team that doesn't make it. That's still better than an east team, potentially. But this ensures some parity, balance. And again, what have we said about that west team never winning the Grey Cup and the crossover? What have we said about right? that? Right, as the crossover team's never gotten to a Grey Cup, right? No. Nope. Never even made it There's out of the... There's got to be a reason. There's a reason. So it works. I think it works. Um, completely uneducated comment from me here. And by the way, I'm sure you're used to it, but Alex is watching from the Game Plus control room right now, Moose. Roddy, Alex here. You guys think Atlanta wins the World Series tonight? Could be the last day you guys can talk about baseball for a while. Yeah, not like we've talked a lot. Huge amount of baseball fans in Toronto, eh? Go figure. Mm-hmm. They got a team there. Uh, Max Freed tonight versus Luis Garcia, I believe. That's going to be huge. And I look at Atlanta. And my wonderful baseball analysis I can provide because I watch all the games, right? Not. Not. But... Atlanta did get up to that four. They had four runs in the first inning in the last game. That's exciting. And lost. You have to, they have to play better in the middle innings. Atlanta hasn't played as well in the middle innings. That I have noticed. So if they get out in front, they need to be better in the middle. Um, but I, I do. I think the Braves win the World Series tonight. So I'm going to tune in because I think it's going to be over. Well, they might, they probably are the better team. It is a 6.09 Mountain Time first pitch. I want Houston to win. Again, I'm the fish swimming upstream. I don't, I don't think they did anything wrong in the cheating scandal, I swear. I don't know where you are on that. I think everybody just wants the Braves to win because they hate Houston so much, primarily in America. But it's a great story, too, with Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snitker, the skipper of the Braves, and all that he's been through if you followed his story. The Braves are the feel-good team, and the Astros are the bad guys. But wouldn't it be something if the bad guys came in and spoiled the script? That's what I would like to see happen tonight. Enforce a game seven and then go on to win the World Series. What do you say about being in the foxhole? Right? Once you're in, you're in. There are no atheists in foxholes? Sure. But my buddy, one of my best friends, is a Braves fan. So I got to cheer for the Braves. Okay. Okay. I'm going to support him. And ah, Sammy's still watching in Orlando. He says, we aren't the feel-good team. We are the better team. Well, you didn't show that in game five, so let's just see what happens in game six tonight, okay? I don't mean to start a holy war here. I swear to God. And I understand that it's not a popular opinion uh, on the Astros cheating scandal, but I just think they were thinking ahead of everybody else. And I understand what the rules in the Constitution said about electronic sign stealing. I get all of that. You see Jeff in Winnipeg, Jeff Kibilis? He says, oh, I forgot about Alex <laughs> Anthopoulos. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're here for, to remind you of these things. Yep. Sammy says, Rod used to have a friend who was a Braves fan. Sammy's joking down there in Orlando. It's like, I, 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 I'm sure he's joking. When you lose friends over sports or politics, then you weren't really friends. That's right. That's, that's the truth. 
So, but again, I'll be at Notre Dame, the mecca of hockey tonight, broadcasting a game and listening on the radio. That's what I got. And that's fine, too. Dan Shulman's calling it. He sounds great. Do we have Scott? We're going to go to Toronto, see if he has a World Series take. But Scott Laughlin will be here from Sirius XM NHL Radio when we come back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Fantastic episode number 604 of Canada's Daytime Sports Talk Show continues. As we bring in our good and longtime friend Scott Laughlin, SCORE alumni from Sirius XM NHL Radio, and I love the jersey. We were kicking this around. DeMarco Murray, is that the flavor of the day, Scott, or what's the deal? And Clark just tells me we just lost audio. So what are we asking him, to refresh? Okay. Football coach in the States writing me on Twitter while, while we tap dance a little bit and bring in Scott Laughlin again. Getting a little time finally to listen today. Keep talking CFL playoffs. The energy in that building in the playoffs is amazing. Wish fans across the country would realize that there's nothing more exciting or intense than pro football playoffs. Keep up the good work. From a football coach in America listening to the program right now. We got Scott. Okay, Scott. Again, DeMarco Murray, is that the flavor of the day today? What's the deal? Marco Murray, I wish it was C.J. Goodwin. I wish it could be a little bit more up-to-date, Rod. Uh, but I've got to pay a mortgage. I've got food to eat. Uh, as such, it's been a while since I bought a jersey. I've got seven or eight of them. And DeMarco Murray's the best you can get today. Tony Romo here. Troy Aikman. Those are my Dallas Cowboy jerseys, and I just, I just rule them. Scott, I'm going to open with this. This was our poll question today. Who's been the best free agent signing in the NHL so far this season? Our options are Dougie Hamilton, Zach Hyman, Blake Coleman, or Freddie Anderson. Where would you vote on that? Oh, boy. Uh, if any of them or, or somebody else. Well, I tell you what, I really like what Blake Coleman has done for the Calgary Flames, I think, Rod. I mean, we know he was a part of that third line with Tampa Bay. I think he had a real good start to his career with New Jersey. Uh, I think he's got the Stanley Cup pedigree now. And I think he is really, as they say, Daryl Sutter's type player, whether he's a third liner in Calgary or ultimately is a second liner in Calgary. I think he's that sort of, you know, muck and grind type guy with a little bit of offensive flair that has made a difference for that team. And we've seen what they've done. I know Jacob Barkstrom deserves a lot of credit for what they've done during this six game winning streak. But Blake Coleman has fit to a T, I think, so far playing for Daryl Sutter out there in Calgary. Isn't that interesting? So a vote for Blake Coleman. Here's another one. Who is the best Canadian NHL team? Have you guys kicked that around, you and MJ? Boy, oh boy, you know what? I mean, right now, I mean, if you're, you're going with what's hot, like literally and figuratively, it's the Calgary Flames. They are the best team right now I think the Canada's had to offer. Uh, Winnipeg, I mean, losing to San Jose with the Sharks being as undermanned as they were on Saturday night is nothing to write home about. Uh, they're back on home ice, as we know tonight. Uh, I would have to say, if you're going by a power rankings, Rod, week by week by week, I'd probably put the Calgary Flames right there at the top of the list. 
I'm not sure anybody could have said that before the season began, but that's a credit to what they've done, mainly on the road. Now they get back again to the Saddle Dome. We'll see what they can do. Well, of course, Scott, and I don't know how much time you've been spending on the Flames. I mean, I've been listening a lot as you guys have been talking a lot about the Blackhawks. But I'm giving all the credit to Daryl Sutter because really nothing else has changed there mm-hmm. other than the insertion of Blake Coleman, as you say, signing him. But Daryl went in because I never thought it was a talent issue with the Calgary Flames. It was some sort of locker room issue or culture, and they seem to have turned it around. For their sake, I hope it stays. Daryl's got to be the reason. He's a big reason. There's no question about it. And, you know, Daryl Sutter is that type of guy. Everybody thinks of him as the old school type coach and that sort of thing. And I think there's a a certain truth to that. But I also think that he's been adaptable to new ways. And I think that he does listen to the players. Uh, He does gain the feedback of the players. I think one of the big questions coming into this season, Rod, aside from, you know, can Gaudreau and Monaghan get the job done? And can, can they be that duo that they all expect them to be on a consistent basis? Well, it was could Markstrom bounce back? Well, now he looks like the goaltender we saw that was the unofficial MVP of the Vancouver Canucks for a couple of seasons running. I think another big question, too, was how would they make up for the loss of Mark Giordano? How would they replace the minutes that he munched? How would they replace that leadership component? Uh, I think they've done very well with that. And whether it's, you know, a, a Tanev or whether it's a Hannafin uh, or whether it's the emerging Rasmus Anderson on the back end, they've almost had this defense by committee approach that I think has served the Flames well so far. And as we know, in Daryl Sutter's world, it's the race to three. If you can get the three goals, chances are Daryl Sutter from the goaltender out has always had very good hockey clubs. So I think that served Calgary well so far. Again, the test now is to get back home in front of those great fans at the Saddle Dome and continue to build on what you got done when you were on the road. Absolutely. And the Calgary Flames uh, home tonight to the Nashville Predators. Loving the Flames analysis. I, I got to ask you this, and it's a tough one, I know your take on Gary Bettman's news conference yesterday. And I say it's tough because Matthew Barnaby is a close friend of mine. And Barney always said, hey, on NHL radio, I work for the NHL. I got to be careful. You know, Barney. (laughs) So I'm sure it's tough for you. But how did you feel Bettman handled that? Frankly, I thought he said all he could say. I thought he did a good job. But where were you on that? You know, I think think I I heard what I expected to hear. Uh, It was very much told, I think, from a lawyer's standpoint. And I think that anybody who's criticizing what he had to say yesterday, Rod, is probably doing it from from a human interest standpoint. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, they probably wanted to see more compassion, more remorse from the commissioner himself. Now, I'm not smart enough, Rod. You're probably not smart enough either. We don't have law degrees as far as we know to know what legal ramifications were involved and what they could say and what they couldn't say yesterday. Uh, I think, like you say, I think that that he spoke from from what he knew as far as what the league knew at that present point in time. Uh, There was a business-like approach to it. And I just wonder, like I said, whether or not there had to be that sort of business approach because we know that this is going through the courts eventually and we know there's going to be a settlement eventually as well. I think deep down, I think we all just feel for Kyle Beach and for the victims in this circumstance right now. And you know, we're trying to, to, to keep that first and, and foremost now in mind as we wait to hear what Kevin Chevaldeoff is going to have to say with Mark Chippen right alongside. And we know that the Players Association right now is going through a vote of confidence or lack thereof for Donald Fear, too. So all through it, I think we've got a lot of compassion and sensitivity towards what Cal Beach has endured here over the last 10 or 11 years or so. Now we have to, to wonder ourselves collectively, and this starts with the league, right? It starts with the Players Association. Where do we go from here? I think the commissioner mentioned the hotline yesterday that's going to go from the NHL to the AHL to the ECHL, 
all the way down to grassroots hockey and minor hockey around North America, that they're going to provide that lifeline for anybody who wants to reach out and, and talk about issues that might be going on unbeknownst to a lot of people. So I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh, and I think it'll be incumbent on the NHL to learn from this because it's a shame for everybody concerned uh, that we've had to go through this. First and foremost, our thoughts with Cal Beach and the victims. Uh, but now you have to ask your, the question, what is it, Rod, that we can learn from this? So God forbid this never happens again. Wonderful answer. And I could talk about that all day, but I just want to move forward to the games. My last question is this. Nine tonight, I guess the one I'm looking forward to the most, will be watching the most, is my team, the Vegas Golden Knights, at Dar- Canada's team. <laughs> at the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know the Golden Knights would be excited to go in there. There's always a buzz in Toronto, as you know, Scott. That's everybody who likes to go in there and play. Uh, what game are you watching the most? I, I got to think it's that one, or is there another? Well, that's a big one. I think the Flames, as you said, taking on the Predators tonight, putting that six-game winning streak on the line is a big one. Look, I think for the Leafs, with all due respect to Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, this is one the Leafs have got to say, you know what, we got the ball rolling here now. Tavares is playing lights out. Now we got to build on this a little bit further. Vegas comes in, and maybe the Golden Knights, since the day that they were born, Rod, as you know, have never been more ripe for the taking because of the fact that you've got William Carlson out now four to six weeks. We know the big guns that they're missing up front as well. Uh, they've been hard hit by injury, uh, almost unlike any other NHL team. And I think that if you're Toronto and you're starting to build something, uh, this is one that you've got to you've got to put into the win column. Vegas, though, as we know, there's always been that certain amount of pushback. Uh, they are going to be competitive, if nothing else. Uh, so I think that that's what I'm looking at. Surprisingly enough, Buffalo at San Jose, I think is one I'm looking forward to as well. That'll be the last game to start tonight, Rod. The Sharks, again, just monumental what they got done against the Jets with eight players out, Bob Buchner not behind the bench, all victims of COVID-19 protocol. Uh, and, and they had to watch from the sidelines as they remarkably beat the Jets in overtime on Saturday. Buffalo, too, going through California. Blew the lead against Anaheim, still had enough to win. Blew the lead against Los Angeles, lost that game by a goal. What can they do to wrap up their tour of California tonight against the San Jose Sharks team, like I said, Rod, that's probably, once again, coming into this one, very much undermanned. Every game's got a great storyline. I appreciate it. And always great to chat with a fellow member of Cowboys Nation. Scott, listening all the time. Keep it up, buddy. Appreciate the time. All right. Anytime, Rod. Thank you. Scott Laughlin, morning man from Sirius XM NHL Radio. Overtime's next. We'll cover it all. When we come back, you're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Overtime is brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the Toronto Maple Leafs fan club. I think George has gone back. Big game tonight, Leafs and Golden Knights. And the Moose is back here in the studio. It's been a great show today. We've accomplished a lot. We've announced that we are officially moving on from Facebook, which I'm not a sentimental guy, so I don't really care. But it was our first broadcast platform here. 
Randolph in Ontario is watching. He says, as a former businessman, I totally respect the business decision to move to YouTube exclusively. The interesting thing that I'm picking up on from the comments, well, fun one, a funny one. Al Hordell's watching, and he says, uh, when the Rod Peterson show starts out talking stud fees, you know it's going to be good. Oh, my gosh. Keep up the great work. I was just quoting Peyton Manning from last night's Monday Night Football broadcast who said his dad's stud fees are going up. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I love it. <laughs> but on, I'm, I'm picking up on from all of our Winnipeg viewers, of which there are many. I do think it's our number two city for viewership. They're saying there's a lot of heat on Chevy there. And the comments are coming in so crazy I can barely keep up. Uh, Patrolman Pete says uh, there's some real fan backlash here in Winnipeg. I guess the question is how much the angry people overlap with actual ticket buyers. Uh, I get it. I don't mind talking about it at all. You want Chevy to step down? You want him to do what Joel Quenville did? I personally feel that Quenville was pushed rather than jumped. It was framed that it looked like he jumped, but I'm... You don't walk away from a job like that. Come on. When I'm sure Quenville felt, yeah, I probably could have done more. I don't know the guy, so I don't know any of what he's saying. But I'm sure he's thinking, what? What did I tell you the other day? I said, I bet you when Quenville walked out of that office, out of Bettman's office, he was like, I just quit? Are you effing kidding me? I would think. I was just forced to quit? Over something that happened that long ago. I'm sure he felt that he could have done things better. Do we not all have those moments in our life? But it's bigger than that. From a sheer optic image thing over what's right versus what's... Everybody's covering their own ass. But just to look at Quenville, three Stanley Cups, second all-time winning as coach in NHL history. Is he going to the Hockey Hall of Fame now? You tell me. Because he was a shoo-in until this. Oh, was it? That's a good question. I'm not really sure. I don't really know if I have an answer to that. If he gets in or not. That's why I largely, largely try to stay on the sidelines on these things. Because when that Hall of Fame debate comes up with the Hockey Hall of Fame. And you know we've got a lot of friends that watch the show from there. I really bite my tongue. But I saw a TSN host say, well, we all know why Theo Fleury's not in there. Because of the stigma. Did I snap when I saw that? Oh, because he's a victim of child sexual abuse? That might have been the trauma underlying under his addiction? The stigma of what? Because he's a recovering addict? Because hockey failed him long before Beach. And now this. So if Theo doesn't get in because of a stigma, and if Gino Red is saying that on the air, there's got to be some truth to that. Then how the hell does Joel Quinville get in now? I know. I know. Um, probably doesn't because of that. But it's not the end of the story. So it's hard to know where this goes. I mean, Gary Bettman has said that he'll have to have a conversation with Joel Quinville and with the team if he wants to re-enter the league at some point, if somebody wants to hire him. 
you know? Um, it was too much of a distraction, I think, for him to continue to coach with Florida while this is going on and the public pressure, and it takes away what that team's doing on the ice, right? So do I think Joel Quenville will never enter the league again? I don't know. It would that, be tough. That, In today's environment, it'll be it would tough, be tough. But that will determine if he ever has an opportunity to be a Hall of Fame coach or not. I think if it leaves like this, he's not. Jason uh, Austin on YouTube says NHL should have suspended him, and then he's ineligible for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, he goes on to say Coach Q was Aldrich's direct boss, could have gassed him immediately. He has to go. Scott Laughlin said this earlier. All the lawyers speak. Like, Chevy released that statement last week. First thing I saw from somebody was, he didn't apologize to Beach in that. Yeah, probably because his lawyers told him not to, dude. Then he, If he was apologizing, then he's saying he did something wrong. Like... Everybody's got an opinion. I would like to say to Quenville, why did you give him a day with a Stanley Cup? Why did you allow him on the parade? Right? That's the question. We'll see you tomorrow with Sask Rush coach Jeff McComb and Dean Ducky Millard on the World Series. That's coming up tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.